You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Do it live! Fucking thing sucks! I have nothing to do with Russia, folks, okay? The mother of all bombs. You You people are cancer! He's a crisis actor. Oh, look at my African-American over here. Another deadly day on the Gaza border. My God, the bitch was wide! John Podesta rigged the poll. Charcoal girls are not allowed here. What's next? Requiring a license to make toast in your own damn toaster? Hell no. You gotta see this guy. Oh, I don't know what I said. Oh, I don't remember. You would be much happier at home with a husband. Spend 400 years? That sounds like a choice. Fucking like children, America! I want to build a wall. Are you African American? I don't know what you're implying. And what is a leper? Bing, bing, bong, bong, bing, bing, bing. I think the way! This is the worst possible timeline with Eric Wilson and Patrick Kindlin. Hello, welcome to Worst Possible Timeline. I'm Patrick. I'm Eric. And our guest today. We got these two strikingly handsome dudes who I can't actually see right now. I'm Bob. You wouldn't say that if you saw us. Tom. <laughs> yeah, are, are you guys in decline right now? Yes or no? I, I mean, I haven't had, I, my hair is going to, I'm going to look like the, it's for those who have watched Tiger King, you know that one dude that's like the money guy that gets busted and turns informant? Oh yeah, yeah, he's the worst. Like my hair is gonna look like that. I'm gonna have like a paid for haircut pretty soon. All right, you want? Yo, you know, all right, I'll give you guys a story if you want. Um, I'm looking good. Been losing a little weight. Been walking nice. a lot. Um, Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Had to drive to Delaware to get a haircut last week. Oh, no. Whoa. <laughs> it was an hour and a half, basically. Like, maybe two hours. Um, but there was they've closed all the barbershops, haircut place, anywhere in New York, New Jersey, and Pennsylvania. And you would go that far for a haircut? Were you that desperate? I was shagging. And I wanted so- to look good. I'm going to be around the house. Like, I just wanted to look good. And um, how about this? I leave and it was like, uh, you know, I was like, I'm just going to be by myself in the car and then getting a haircut from whoever, whatever. I'll just do it. Get in the car, leave. No tolls till I get about <clears throat> five minutes away from the Delaware bridge. I'm checking. I'm like, oh, shit, I got to have some money for this toll. Oh, I don't have my wallet. Fuck. Oh. So then uh, I stopped at Target and figured out, thank God for technology. I'm going to shout out Apple because I was able to use 
Apple Pay to pay for something. I bought a copy of an $80 Xbox game and then returned it for cash. (laughs) Okay. Uh, So what y'all know about what you know about that now? I I had my aunt money going. Wow. Um, A little bit different than doodles. Exactly. Exactly. That's a big big chance to take. Yeah. Yeah. But it... uh, it was worth it. Got a good haircut. Um, the other person getting a haircut was a senator from Delaware who was about Joe to Biden? Be, No, not, 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 not Grandpa Joe. Um, but it was a senator for, for, from Delaware who was about to do a FaceTime meeting with other senators about the, uh, the vote for the, the, what are they calling it, a recovery of the stimulus package. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, he, it was him and then me. So. Wow. I just had to look good for all this podcasting we're doing. Yeah, see, my, my my current plan. So I'm getting a little shaggy. My hair is in that that uh, space where you know it's not it's not long, but it's certainly not short. It's about getting close to kind of shoulder length. And my plan for the when the warmer weather hits, is if this shit's still going on, I'm just gonna buzz it. I uh, I don't know if anybody saw Brian Murray, friend friend of uh, the podcast, is uh, finally shaved his head after years of me begging him to do so. Uh, it mm-hmm. looks good. Made me want to shave my head, and I'm so on this, but everybody in my life tells me no. Everybody. It's, no. it's like one of those things now where it's like, like now I want to do it just to spite the reality that, that I will be ugly. Yo, it was the, it was, that was the crossing point. It was the decision. Do I shave my head? Because I can't let this get much longer without it looking real, real whack. But I think once you shave your head, that's it. Oi, oi, that's it. Haircut. I think that's it. That's the thing, man. I think that's it. Then you just shave your head. I don't think that's official. <laughs> I, 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 I don't think that when you shave your head, hair doesn't come back. I, I don't think that's real. <laughs> it can. However, I'll say this. Uh, my friend who discussed this with me, I was only one person I really talked to about this before this conversation right now was, well, I just shaved my head to see how bad it was getting. And I was like, well, how, how was it? And he's like, mm, not great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think that's the answer. If you need that confirmation, the answer is not great. And if it's not great, you let it grow out again or you just keep shaving it. That's the thing. No, keep shaving it. You get some head See, tattoos. I just said you, it. You I get, proved it. You, you, listen, we got to be adult about this. Get some fucking head tattoos. That's all there is. Get fuck life tattooed on the side of your head. Get victim in pain tattooed underneath your eye. No, but you could get victim in pain uh, right on the uh, like uh, your hairline and and look reasonably hard. That would be all right. Oh man, that's such. Let a hard me hit work. this with a trademark, Eric. Worst possible timeline. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about that, man. <laughs> This trademark when you guys have gone too far in worst possible time. So this is part two of our our mega crossover series. Eric, take it away. Okay. Um, Well, this is a good segue. I mean, we're talking about our hair. We're talking about buzzing our head. The last time I buzzed my head was, I guess it was 2010 or 2011, about 10 years ago. And it was the only time I buzzed my head. So it's interesting that 10 years later, I'm coming, I'm, I'm, I'm on the cusp of doing it again. As soon that first hot day that hits it, it, it may happen. Um, so this is, yeah, this is our crossover series. Um, 
you know, worst possible timeline is pretty freeform in the sense that we don't exactly prepare. So that's, I mean, but we're kind of doing this thing where we did axe to grind in a, in a worst possible timeline way. And now we're doing worst possible timeline sort of in an axe to grind way. Where we're just kind of, kind of jaw on hardcore for a while. Um, but before you know, we start that, before we start yeah. that, I'd like some, I'd like some follow up on this, uh, this, uh, Ted Danson, uh, blackface memory. That we all have. Uh, <laughs> Um, uh, can you help me out, please? Sure. Um, from the alternative, the alternative press. Sorry, Associated <laughs> Press, October 9th, nineteen ninety-three. Ted Danson under fire for roast of Whoopi Goldberg. If my, if I may read read you some of this article, please. New York, AP. Actor Ted Danson showed up in minstrel blackface and peppered his jokes with racial epithets at the Friars roast of his lover, comedian Whoopi Goldberg. The former Cheers star offended Mayor David Dinkins, talk show host Montel Williams, and others who said his performance was over the line, even for a function where the highest compliment is a crude, brutal insult. Danson, appearing in a top hat and blackface with big white painted lips, used the word N with the hard R more than a dozen times as he joked about his and Goldberg's sex life and other topics. With Dinkins about to arrive, Danson said, I was told the mayor's coming, so be careful. Don't do any political jokes. Just do the N-word jokes. He said the real word. Um, Dinkins, New York, Dinkins, New York's first black mayor, was introduced by Danson when he entered the room. Dinkins offered a few political jokes, read a city proclamation to Goldberg, a New York native, and left. Dinkins later said he was embarrassed for Whoopi and the audience and felt a tremendous sense of release when it was over. Um... Williams walked off the dais seven minutes into Dan- Danson's monologue and left with his visibly upset wife. When Ted made the jokes about the racially mixed kids and everyone knows my wife is white and just gave birth to our child, I can see my wife start to cry. Williams told the news, it's when – if that's what Whoopi and Ted find funny in their bedroom, it's not funny to the outside world. Oh, Williams said he yeah. planned to send roses and a note of apology to all the black women sit- sitting on the dais with him for what he said was like a meeting of the Klan. <laughs> the women on the day has included Anita Baker, Shari Belafonte, Natalie Cole, Jasmine Guy, and Vanessa Williams. Okay, um, listen. Uh, is, is this where I jump out and defend Danson and say, uh, uh, you know, maybe uh, I think what uh, 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 Dinkin said is correct, ultimately, that uh, this is probably what is funny for Whoopi and Ted in the con like they're two comedians. There's no going too far over the line. Uh, they enjoyed that and didn't understand in, in earnest probably did not understand that it was as offensive to people who don't know them and don't have that background as is it, as it might've I'm, you know what? I'm team Ted. I'm team Whoopi. I, and, uh, I hope it. Uh, you know, I, I hope that we revisit this again in ten years. Can we on the dais though? Can we what? The the women on the dais: Anita Baker, Sherry Belafonte, Natalie Cole, Jasmine Guy, yeah. and Vanessa Williams. That's who was popping in nineteen ninety three. Yeah. Yes. What I want to know was popping, and I have to say, the first thing I googled as you were speaking, Tom, was. Whoopi Goldberg, Ted Danson, Sex Life. That seems they they were having fun. That seems fun. They were having fun. 
Very fun. Team dancing. <laughs> and here's what I'll say. We all make mistakes. It just didn't translate. It's just one of those instances where it just didn't translate. And uh, you know what? They they went for it and it and it didn't work. And sometimes that's just the way things go in life. Yeah, exactly. We we all take risks out here. It's just it's uh it's it's unfortunate. Um, but you know what? You know what's interesting is uh, neither of them seem to uh, not get any work. You know what I mean? Like they they both had fine careers after the fact. Oh yeah, they didn't lose work, is what you're saying? Yeah, no, they for sure. Yeah, they didn't lose work. Sorry. They Look, didn't have I any, think any I honestly think that that was an era where you could still make mistakes and people weren't calling for you. Look, there was a trendy, there was a hashtag trending yesterday. Uh, Billy Eilish's over party because she liked a meme uh, where like, what's that? It was two of the guys in New Direction. It wasn't even that fucked up. No, it, it wasn't remotely fucked up. It wasn't. Re- no, you know, it was look, if, if, if anything like that is enough to get an is over party, then, uh, it, it, there's a is over fatwa for me right now because uh, I like more fucked up shit than that on the uh, during this conversation I'll like something more fucked up than that. Um, is over dot com it just refreshes every like thirty seconds with something new. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah, exactly right. I, I, I feel bad for anybody trying to make anything non-COVID pop right now because it's, it's not going to. Yeah, don't try to cancel anybody until COVID is over, people. It's just yeah. not. It was literally like it was a meme about two of the dudes from One Direction. One was like the kid Zane or whatever walking like in a video, and then and it said when the Snapchat filter or whatever fucks up, and the next photo is another guy from One Direction in that same kind of scene, and he doesn't look as attractive as the first guy. And they were like legit going for it. I'm like, she's what, like a yeah. girl. girl. Who the fuck? Listen, people are big mad at nothing. I, I think that I think there's some some comfort in canceling for people right now. They want to bring it back to a pre-COVID world, but it's just not happening. <laughs> I don't like new things. We're gonna go back to the old stuff. Yeah, exactly. What's the issue? I think I'm I'm missing whatever the issue is. No, Eric, there, there's no understanding it because it's so it's it's just strange. Don't even worry about it. Hey, whatever. Well, sorry. Sorry to Billy Eilish. You're over, I guess. Yeah, you're over. Uh, all right. So what do we want to talk? We want to talk hardcore. We're Let's talking talk hardcore. hardcore. It's worst possible timeline. HC. <laughs> I mean, it's uh, my my whole thought of this is kind of just a. Uh, this is just a bit of a nostalgia trip for me. This is uh, I just want to take you down memory lane back to the the old school, you know? Okay. Because when I was so my my journey into uh, the subculture known as as hardcore is uh, I I'm a bit younger than you guys. I'm a generation behind. Um, when I was, you know, a young person, when I was in my childhood, you guys were in your teens. When I was in my teens, you guys were in your 20s. Um, so I just want to get, you know, I guess kind of your perspective on certain things and, and how uh, it relates to my own. Because basically, I guess the first instance of, of and, and I don't think I'm speaking just for myself when I say these things. I think there's a, a lot of people, you know, of my same age that kind of um, had this experience. But basically, the way I got into things 
initially, like like the act one, maybe even the 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 uh, the was it the as the epilogue the first or was it the prologue? Prologue. 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 Um, my older brother, who is seven years older than me, um, so a little bit more in your guys' age range. He was born in '83. He was in a local ska band in the late '90s, and ska was quite ultimate, ultimate respect. Quite quite popular back in the day, and I think it's it's so insane to me to look at old YouTube videos of of bands like the Aquabats playing shows to like sold out like six thousand people in attendance. That's insane to me, right? And and I just do you guys remember those days? What so, so you guys are firmly of the core? What was your how, how did you view that world? So the ska explosion was kind of like mid nineties. Um, yeah, d- would it be safe to say that the like Green Day Offspring stuff, uh, like at least opened the path for some of the major ska stuff to really like? And we're talking mainstream, like the, the Boss Tones kind of ride in on this wave. Um, then you get stuff like Real Big Fish, that's the more popular. But like that. You know, as much as like Mighty by Mighty Boss Tones, cool. Real big fish, garbage. <laughs> but um, a rising tide lifts all ships, right? That that meant that uh, ska had a high watermark that that enabled some pretty big rooms to get filled. Uh, and I mean, even stuff like No Doubt that was ska adjacent, uh, <laughs> um, you know, tipped into that. So you know, like those things started pulling it up. So. There were big ska concerts. I think the Aquabats was a pretty big local thing. I didn't really fuck with any of that. I, I liked Less Than Jake. I liked some ska punk, but really peripheral and and one or two things here. I liked Mighty Mighty Boston's before I was even into hardcore, though. Yeah, and I mean, like, I think uh, the ska thing was a big driving force of Warp Tour, was it not? It's a part of it for there sure. There was a lot. Yeah, there was a lot of that shit on there. Uh, I uh, uh, I don't remember that very well because it wasn't big where I was. Uh, there was, uh, although weirdly, at that time, Albany had a swing scene, which w- nobody remembers, but That's briefly, so briefly took over the country. Uh, like b- there was a moment where there was like people dressed like they were. Uh, uh, into swing music and uh, it was a whole fucking thing. It was real. And you could find ex punks in the same way that some of them became rockabilly for a very brief time. Some of them became swing people. That that's, that's weird. I, I, that that's truly lost to time. I think it was, yeah, it was actually, a really, I'm gonna start really awkward time. I mean, it's, it's, it's just so funny to me. I feel like it's so alien to kids nowadays that that was ever a big thing. And it is even like, it's just surreal for me to like, look back on that and be, and, and I remember being a young, a young person and going to, to shows with my older brother and like packed rooms for like, I saw, I can't remember where, but I, I know I saw real big fish back in the day and, and, and packed, packed rooms. Now it's like, I, I guess that still exists in some kind of form, but it's just, it's, it's, I, I, don't, I don't know. And, and Pat, you said, you know, ska was not, I mean, certainly it came from, from Southern California kind of, you know, it, it was very much like a suburban white kid thing, um, affluent suburban white kid thing in the nineties. But 
Ska was, I mean, we don't live, we didn't grow up that far from each other. I'm from, you know, Long Island, Eastern Queens, and there was a pretty pop and ska scene here back in the day. You know, it definitely existed in some form uh, on the East Coast. I mean, people were still getting the Moon Ska logo tattooed on them until a couple of years ago. So I, th- I think that it, it was definitely big enough for sure. I, as we as we broadcast, I am in my my childhood bedroom, and there is a very faded, ripped old uh, Moon Ska uh, sticker on my door. You should get a Moon Ska tattoo uh, before the end of twenty twenty. Wow, and a ninety nine X tattoo. <laughs> oh wow, ninety nine X. Fuck. But I, mean, I think in the in New York in like the nineties before like it really exploded, like that was full on like skinhead shit. Yeah, like legit skinhead stuff. Like Scott was like a skin thing. Yes, I think that 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 was kind of it was weird because I feel like there was that kind of ska, like the more moon ska or more like traditional like ska thing. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. Like that was big, and it was you know, and like moon stomp type stuff. And then you had the more mainstream commercial ska that that I think a lot of those folks fucking hated because it was so not what they were it's 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 what i think the uh the power violence kid thinks of like the modern fast core thing from like the mid 2000s it's like what the died die hard like no comment fan thought when ceremony got really big it was like that's not the real shit and it's like well it's not but it's i don't think it's trying to be the same but you're right tom that that was such a big scene and it had its own like little world the same way like spiky punk did you know right mephiscopheles and all those bands were really fucking big i uh, saw mephiscopheles not long ago <laughs> really at punk art bowling no uh i think they opened the boston show um, oh, okay. but i did so- see i saw some classic shit at punk rock bowling too who did i see uh, i I've, I've been threatening to do a deep dive on the suicide machines for a while now so I saw Suicide Machines in 99, 98, 99 at Birch Hill in New Jersey. Um, I, didn't, I didn't really fuck with that. I tried. They had one record. I guess it's the self-titled that I remember owning. And it was like, all right. But like, I think if you put that fits more in the, the, the punk, ska punk thing, even though there were, there were like leans, like you could catch somebody as a teenager who'd be like, yeah, man, it's like, it's almost hardcore. Uh, kind of <laughs> but but i mean look as a jersey guy there's uh uh, uh bouncing the bouncing souls from the jump from bouncing souls to some of that ska stuff is, is it's not a chasm you know what no, i mean, I mean and, and the thing. bouncing souls are, are purely like there's ska punk and bouncing souls certainly wouldn't catch them with ska but they're right on that they're on the other side of the fence from ska punk like just on the side yeah. where it's like no pop punk it's it's punk and pop punk kind of thing yeah it's it's a small chain link that you could jump if you needed to yeah and you know they chain a player on stage yeah go ahead you can stay that's fine it's, it's yeah I, it's it's funny because you it it's it's it, it, comparing it to like the more kind of like skinhead stuff is interesting because it is two hemispheres i guess of the same world but two hemispheres that don't want to have really anything to do with each other because you're 100% right in the sense that the skin the skin ska stuff 
was definitely looked at a band like either less than Jake or real big fish and these fucking suburban kids with mutton chops and like a Hawaiian shirt and baggy, you know, uh, you know, Jinkos or whatever, yes. you know, playing the, tr- playing the trombone, like, you know, at their, you know, high school band show or whatever, like definitely embarrassing, like definitely looked at them and went like, what the fuck? But like, it's also 100% valid that really big fish was not trying to be Desmond Decker or the specials. They were doing something very different. That's right. All true. And you know, before we, before we forget, I just want to say that I'm, I'm, Definitely still on Ted Danson's side. <laughs> Are you doing your own research? <laughs> I'm I just no, I was just thinking about it. I didn't want this podcast to pass without the, the people. I want it noted that uh, I, I'm a, a Ted Danson apologist uh, <laughs> through, through the lens of Whoopi. If Whoopi wasn't his advocate, I'm, I'm sure I might have a different feeling of some type, but. Uh, look, I'm just saying that, uh, uh, I'm still, you know, I'm still in the bag for Ted. Uh, based but on my regarding- research I, I did is Whoopi seems to be okay with Ted. They haven't spoken in years, but, but there's no, no active animosity. So I think it's a good relationship. That's cool. Um, I don't know how much you're supposed to talk, you know, uh, yeah. seem- it should be they're in this, they're in the same business. Uh, it seems like they'd have to interact, uh, because you don't want your first interaction with an ex to be a highly public social moment, I don't think, right? Like, if you broke up with somebody and you hadn't seen them for two years, would you want to see them at a wedding or would it, would a, a lunch be more appropriate? I think it depends on the nature of the breakup. Was it, a, was it bad? Uh, you know what I mean? You, you uh, filled a shotgun full of rock salt and you and you shot it through a, a cheaply made door to get her out of the house. <laughs> well, then seeing her at the wedding might be a little uncomfortable, I think. Yeah. She tried to yeah. poison you. Yeah she, yeah, she tried to poison you. Eh, maybe you want to skip that lunch, go somewhere else. Mm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Maybe you want it in a public place. Uh, so – uh, regarding the Scott thing, I I love the Boston's and I love quote unquote real Scott. Uh, it, it, like one of my first records was the specials, uh, but uh, I was never like uh, those shows just didn't. If they existed where I was, and they maybe they did. If they existed where I was, I, I was nobody clued me. I wasn't cool enough. Nobody, nobody clued me into those ska shows. Those kind of those kind of more traditional ska shows were much more adjacent to like the punk scene, you know. Uh, so I don't know how close you were to that, that being in, I was kind of going a lot more street punk or like spiky punk shows and, uh, you know, saw a good share of ska stuff and some real good and some, eh, you know, a mix. Yeah. Not great. I mean, it, but like one, I mean, and in terms of my journey, I guess it, 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 I would not have fallen into the spiky jacket stuff or the, or the hardcore stuff or whatever. If, if it had not been for that, wave of of ska in the late 90s um because i guess around the early thousands or so i'm coming into my teenage years that's when you know your friends my my friends were like yeah you know what ska shit's kind of fucking lame um you know check this shit out and then that's when you get into you know um minor threat discography you know black flag for us four years you know all like the the real like intro stuff that i think is pretty across the board for 
um, most people when they get into hardcore. Like, right. you kind of discover your first local band, and then they're like, all right, now you got to check this shit out. Yeah, and th- then you go from Operation Ivy to Minor Threat, and uh, then the world is right. your oyster. Right, exactly. And now, so the first, but like in terms of modern hardcore, like we're to bring this more close to Axe to Grind, the, I would say the first real modern hardcore release, not not local to my world, but local enough, I guess, was uh, Righteous Jam's Rage of Discipline. All right. What you need? I mean, so like that record, how does, so I think that came out, I want to say like, oh, maybe it was oh three. Um, have any of you guys listened to it recently? How does that, how does that one hold up? Why don't you guys start? Uh, I'm going to, uh, I, so th- this is a weird, um, uh, this is, this is a, this is a weird one for me because, uh, I, I go on record with this weird dismissive attitude towards all of the locking out stuff, uh, that, cause that's how I felt at the time. And it just kind of carries over where I got this sort of like I shrug it off and I go, um, but uh, you know, I bet that the, I bet that that stuff probably holds up better than the rampage record, which probably holds up better than the, uh, uh, what's the one from Detroit? Uh, razzle like, dazzle. Razzle dazzle. Um, yeah. Like, you know, there's, there's, uh, just like anything, I'm sure that there's tears and I'm sure the highest tier, which is probably righteous jams, uh, I could probably ride with. Uh, but as a young person, I hated it so much. I hated it so much and it's hard to shake it. But what, so what, why given your, I guess in, in terms of your own journey, why did you hit where you came from? Where you, the, uh, the hardcore music that you uh, identified with. I'm guessing this is like Earth Crisis era, Patrick. Yeah, 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 for sure. All eras are um, Earth Crisis era, Patrick. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah, exa- exactly right. Um, so I, I think that uh, I, I think uh, some of us uh, lean. F- so none of us are fun. You know, I mean, nobody here is fun. That, that's just a fact, right? <laughs> like, uh, but I think that there's there's more underdog in the DNA of where Bob comes from than there is where I come from, you, you know? And I think that, uh, that type of like, uh, stage dives for the, for the fun of it sort of thing. Like, you know, like where I was, where I came from, like stage dives were for, uh, for the planet, you know, <laughs> stage dives were for animal rights. Uh, so, uh, it, 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 uh, it just felt like, look, like Tom's pretty, uh, uh, balanced in this. Like he likes stark weather, which is the most self-serious act of all time, literally. Uh, but then also likes gorilla biscuits. And, uh, I didn't learn to like, like fun shit until like mid adulthood. You know what I mean? Like, uh, at least for hardcore, like I was loving the boss tones and shit like that. That's fun. But like when it came to hardcore music, I, I basically just wanted, uh, the most in- most insane sentiments expressed as uh, severely as, as possible, earnest as, so, yeah, as earnest as possible. Right, which is kind of ironic, as uh, I have a hard time expressing an earnest uh, uh, thing in my own music. Uh, but for yeah, I- exactly right. So that type of music never worked for me. Uh, but I keep threatening to revisit it, and sometimes we do for axe to grind in some capacity, and I'm never mad. Uh, but 
I just weirdly got a bias. But it's it's interesting because I don't I don't know if I see righteous jams that way because I mean what you're describing sounds more to me like Murphy's Law, which is a band as far as I know is a band that you like, whereas Righteous Jams is kind of. I guess I guess maybe you're talking stylistically because I think like you're right like the music is kind of like stage dives for the fun but like in terms of ly- lyrical content I mean it it wasn't just them it was a lot of the locking out bands were kind of just like fuck you you betray you 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 said shit behind my back now I come stab you back like it's just like it's it, that that was kind of more the vibe that I got than any real like fun shit you know what I mean so Eric let me let me clue you to this <clears throat> The locking out thing was if you enjoyed it, you liked to have fun and mosh and stage dive. Okay. Uh, the lyrical content was cool, but there was a desire for it to just be hardcore as um, for the know, sake an of expression. It. Yeah, an expression piece. You know, you're talking about things you feel. Let's not let's not make this too complicated. <laughs> uh, you know, <clears throat> hopefully, say it in a, a kind of down to earth way blah 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 but for people around at the time who weren't with it or who didn't it it often came off the the perception of it was goofy <clears throat> now okay. these were dudes i was friends with and i loved all those bands mental righteous jams um and it really wasn't that many bands there were a lot of other bands kind of peripherally that were part of it but they were kind of flashing the pan if you had to the two Real big locking out bands were Mental and Righteous Jams. Yeah, everything else. Justice would be the third, in my opinion. Um, Justice and Stop and Think. Stop and Think was before it. Oh, were they from before that? Yeah, Stop and Think. I believe Stop and Think did a reunion show at the first Mental record release, and then did a reunion show. No, they did a reunion show for when Mental put out their LP. So, uh, which was years later, but they, they weren't, there was not much overlap. There was a little bit of overlap. Like mental's first show was at a, uh, suicide file, a team close call, stop and think and someone else show, um, up in Boston. That was a really like an awesome show. Uh, stop and think was very bad at that show. Uh, (laughs) So, so stop and think predated it. Mental picked it up. Mental was just really good live. And when I say they were really good live, um, they were all competent, but that didn't matter much. They just had a lot of energy and people, it was exciting to go see. Um, Rich Jams was probably the best of the bunch. That record, Raiders Discipline, is I think that or mm, the Mental Seven Inches are the pinnacle of that era of that style of stuff. But I think that it sort of gets forgotten. Um what Patrick's saying isn't isn't alien. You know, he's not the only person out there on the island. I remember being at shows. So I, I moved to California in 2003. So I was on the East Coast for when Mental was really just kicking off. And then I was out there for, for as they kind of continued to ascend and, and get bigger. So I got to see it get really big out there. But I remember people who were around and who were in bands at that time who – um, you know, would play shows with them. And there was a level of jealousy because they had people really all in and they didn't get it. And they're like, yo, these guys, the songs are fine, but like, what the fuck do they have on anybody else? And it was also uh, a look thing. There were people who started dressing like the dudes from mental uh, and that turned off a lot of people. 
you know, like that, that'll, that'll get a lot of people off a dick. It, like once, it, yeah. once they see that, I mean, it, it, people jump on, but once <laughs> it, it, the motherfuckers like me see that and go, Oh no. Well, and, 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 and also, you know, this is, this is still in the wake of the American nightmare shit where it was like, okay, right. everybody went from being, you know, standard issue, hardcore kids to having expensive jeans, track jackets and swooshy hair. Um, and I think more people were with that kind of a, an aesthetic turn than the uh, ripped your sleeves off your shirt, put on a hat backwards and mosh. Um, and like mosh, not like not hurt someone mosh, but like have fun mosh. To me, I was like, yo, I'm with that. That's cool. But to a lot of people, it came off totally sideways. That bummed me out. But in hindsight, I can see it. I see what people were were against. And, and especially when I moved to California, because on the East Coast, it was like, oh, mental's vibing with these little pockets of people who kind of have the same same idea. You know, everybody at the shore, as Patrick will say, you know, it's a weird breed of people who like traditional old hardcore, who like to mosh and dive and have fun. And, and you know, like the, the heavier issue shit never totally took hold in like my specific zone. Um, same thing in Wilkes-Barre, Scranton area, you know, like a couple other spots around the country. So, but in California, there were people who felt away when they saw all their friends start skanking low, you know? So it's a really kind of like, it is a quietly more polarizing thing than people think about now. But at the time it was like this real thing. Um, I, I, Tom can probably talk on this a little bit cause he was not in the thick of it, but, but did have a front row seat. Yeah. I mean, I like, so Wrench Jams, I like a lot. Um, I think they're like, like, the whole vibe is fun. I know, like, the lyrics aren't funny. They're just, like, a fun live band, you know? And they're, right. they're cool on record. It's just fun. You know what I mean? It's like some bands don't have to be any more than just fun. Yeah, and, and I, I mean, and that's, that's, that's my vibe for sure. That, that was my problem is I was putting too much on everybody. Yeah, and I think um, – and, like, we brought this up before and we've gotten in trouble for this before, but this is a different podcast that those folks probably don't listen to. <laughs> True. Um, I think to some people, I'm not saying myself, but I think some people felt like they were kind of like that, that wasn't that, that scene wasn't, was like sort of exclusive. And like you, you know, if you weren't one of those people, you kind of felt like an out of place dick at their shows. Yeah. And I think that's for a lot of people. I, I mean, I never necessarily felt that way, but I feel like some people felt like, you know, I don't have like the locking out shirt or the logo, whatever, the, you know what I mean? And like, oh, I don't feel like I'm part of this as much as, you know. As much as I some mean, people who, who would at the show and it seemed like there was I mean, an insider, like, outsider element to the whole thing. Right. For, for real. Case in point. So, Morgado, one of my best friends, loved the guy to death. He was fucking, you know, Morgado locking out when I first met him. Yeah, the dude literally would not acknowledge me. <laughs> he was straight edge. I was straight edge. I liked dressing at the time. He loved it. Like we had everything in common. That dude would literally come up to people that I've known that he's known, and would like look past me and not acknowledge me. Have you clowned him That's- on this? 
Oh, 100%. I can't, and that's why, to this day, whenever I get a chance to fucking to get at him, I will. Because <laughs> and I literally like, he sat with us at that last half art show up in Lynn. And, like, I was, we were buying, like, fucking show temples and all the shit. Dude didn't acknowledge me even then. Yo, and how wild is that? that like, I feel like so, I'm pretty nice, dude. I'm pretty, like, approachable. You know sure, what I mean? Like, sure. and like, I'm pretty, you know, I talk to everybody. It's like not, you know, and for someone like, to, so of course in my head, I'm like, fuck this. Like this dude's too cool to talk to me. Get the fuck out of here. Well, he was, uh, he might've been straight edge, but he was, uh, high on those, uh, lo- locking out, uh, clout nugs, uh, <laughs> because, uh, <laughs> because that was a real thing was, yeah, people, but you know, that exclusivity goes in a lot of ways until you, hit like the, the music that just like nobody thinks is cool. Uh, and, uh, but until then you, you, uh, you're always going to find some weirdo who, who thinks that there is, uh, that they can retire on the, on the clout bucks that they're uh, accumulating now. Um, time one doesn't, uh, doesn't accept clout bucks. No, 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 no. I'll tell you what, things that don't accept your clout dollars, uh, you, you can't pay your gas bill. You can't pay your gas bill with cloud dollars. Uh, can't buy a uh, vegan breakfast sandwich with cloud dollars. Uh, can't pay I your alimony with cloud dollars. Uh, what's couches. that? You probably get into a show maybe for free. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's so a good that's point. Like it's worth twelve bucks. Your cloud dollars are worth twelve dollars. So, so Eric, yes. uh, Rage of Discipline is awesome. Um, I toured with Righteous Jams on that record. Uh, it was cool. It was fucking awesome. Um, uh, really great people. I, I love all those dudes still. I love all those dudes from Mental still. Um, Joey C, low key great frontman. Oh, incredible! Uh, he actually no, really should. I, I spoke to Joey uh, probably about a year ago, and he's doing well. He's in New York, um, and yeah, like uh, it was a close friend of mine. And that record was big, and it's funny because it it almost could have been bigger, and it feels like it was like a star that burned out really quick. Like it was really big and then it kind of faded out, but you know, for the style of music, that's not too, and not just style of music, but style of hardcore. That's not that surprising. It's just, right. it's, it, so it's, it's this perspective is super, super interesting to me because this, like I said earlier, this was kind of my foray into what was modern hardcore and like hardcore scenes and such. And I mean, everything you're saying I 100% understand, but it, it definitely went over my head at the time as a 15 year old, but I, just to draw on it like a little bit more where, what was the genesis of that locking out scene in Boston? Because correct me if I'm wrong, blood for blood predated them, right? Yeah. Yes. Okay. So here's, yes. here's how the Boston scene goes. And this is one side of it. There's some other nooks. Cause I mean, Boston had it popping for several years there. Um, the In My Eyes, 10-yard fight, fast break, peripherally scene, uh, sort of dies. Right Brigade pops up for a second, but that's the bridge over to American Nightmare. American Nightmare exists, and they break up in 03. They change the name, but, but they really explode in 2000, 2001. And um, shortly after American Nightmare, you get some of their acolyte bands. Um, we'll say Boston, Panic, etc., but, but Stop and Think starts in a similar time, not as a, like an anti-American Nightmare band. Like all those dudes liked AN and or were like buddies with them, you know, like we're tight. But they're like, oh, we want to do something that's, that's not that musically. Yeah, different, so different, different stylistically. Right. Stop and Think starts. 
and stop and think <clears throat> is playing, you know, whatever was not the American nightmare scene type show. So they're, they're playing venues like the Berwick, which is a basement in Boston. They're playing a lot of smaller DIY spaces. That doesn't mean they don't play at the palladium when there's a big show. If they get asked, they, they do all that shit, but it's just a kind of different energy, you know? Um, and that's felt. And I think that that created these kind of conversations, you know, stop and think was for a minute going to be on bridge nine, but then they decided, you know what, we, we don't want that. Um, and they end up essentially self-releasing uh, their their demos. They do demos, and then they, they do the 12-inch of both demos um, later, with which was a split release between Painkiller and Locking Out, eventually when it comes out. Um, so that starts, but I think it sh- gave, like, <clears throat> Stop and Think did a, a, not, not a ton of shows. I saw them a lot. And a lot of times they weren't good. And there were a few times where they were awesome, like super, super good. And there was time, but they were a hardcore band. They were sloppy sometimes. And they were super tight other times. It was, it was fucking fun. Um, that kind of opened the way and connected these other little scenes that like that band, the A-Team, uh, who was from Western Mass, uh, bands like Think I Care, uh, The Suicide File, for example, played a lot of shows with Stop and Think. So these kind of other bands congregated and then mental comes up as a young band who plays with a lot of those other bands um and but you know i've referenced it i think on on this on axe to grind is mental's first weekend of shows out of out of state was with tear it up so it's kind of funny um that they were playing with more punk bands but they were going for late 80s revelation new york hardcore uh and they had a lot of energy and personality and to me that caught the attention of a lot of people who were either a young. That's really appealing to a young person. It's fun. Yeah. Energized B burnt out on the super serious or like <sighs> big room hardcore that was going at the time or, or what was going for that or the modern hardcore that was starting to really be overwhelming. Um, so, so they kind of came around and had a different energy and I wouldn't say it was like a fuck you to that, but I could see how someone might take it like that. But I saw it as just like, Hey, and, and now for something completely different, even though it wasn't completely different, it was just a little different and they were doing their own thing. Like I remember getting the mental demo and it's a bunch of songs. I don't know if it's 10 songs, 11 songs, 12 songs, whatever, but it's a bunch of songs. I was like, Oh, this is fun it's energetic it's cool and then i saw him live and and it was all those things live so um that was i think the genesis of the locking out scene if you follow the lineage i i, I think it was just kind of just more moshy was it not was it like it just kind of had more kind of like bouncy mosh maybe staged out uh, about i uh, see i bounce but so i mean this is I don't think would anyone say that american nightmare or like the modern hardcore sound of the early 2000s was looking at late 80s new york hardcore because i think that's precisely what the early locking out stuff was looking at you know right. like they were looking at that and going hey the way it is comp where the wild things are comp both those things bands like youth of today and side by side and gorilla biscuits but also breakdown and outburst all these Come fun by. things in the yeah. room yeah yeah uh i i think it's uh, i would argue that it's not uh, so it doesn't meet my definition of the word mashi. It's more bouncy. Uh, and I know that sounds like totally pedantic and weird, but it's like, 
there's nothing hard about it. You know, like it different doesn't. Style it, of mosh. Nobody, that's that's the that's the definition. It's a different style of mosh. Because um, nobody ever said I destroyed that crowd to. <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> but that's that's jam. that's the that's the origin point difference right there. Is like in my head, that was not moshing. Like like just trying to hit someone in the back of the crowd. That's not moshing to me. But for someone who's coming from a heavier side, like moshing is swinging your arms as hard as you can. Whereas right. if you're coming from like at a Murphy's law show or the beat with the Chromex playing like dude skanking across the stage, that's moshing. See, I, I although think, I, yeah, I think that's where I, where I guess, you know, this, again, this being my foray into the things to me, that's what, and, you know, being someone from New York, you know, I, I guess I, the Boston style of things imprinted on me more than I'd like to admit just because I'm a proud New Yorker, but it, I think, and I think the Boston people might be a little hesitant to acknowledge how much they were really pulling from New York hardcore of the eighties. Um, oh, I think they, I think they cop to it. I think they cop to it strongly. I think anyone, I mean, even up through like Rival Mob, they'd say, yeah, yeah, of course we like New York hardcore. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the entire Locking Out sound, be it Mental or Righteous Jams, is late eighties New York hardcore strain through the lens of Boston hardcore and, and having a knowledge of, of some of the history of Boston hardcore too. Interesting. I mean, it's, it's, uh, yeah, go ahead, Pat. Let me, let me derail you for just a second. Uh, just because, uh, I'm, I'm going to, for anybody that's listening that, that finds this interesting, but isn't into hardcore, I just want to throw them a life raft, uh, and, and engage you guys in a conversation that, uh, it was relevant to me and I should have brought up, uh, on, uh, uh, X, X to time uh, line. Uh, have you guys ever seen an ugly cat? Oh yeah. Sure. Yeah. Like an, like an, you have like, a, like not like an, like a distinctly ugly cat, not like everybody's seen an ugly dog, but have you ever seen an ugly cat? For sure. Yeah. I think so, really? man. Like, like a weird face. Like like, yeah, like, so th- th- I was on my walk the other day and I saw a cat that I tried to take a photo of because it was straight up the, one of the ugliest animals I've ever seen. And I never thought, I never thought about that from a cat. Like you see goofy looking dogs or ugly dogs with some frequency, but cats kind of like look like they come out of a mold. You know what I mean? Like they all kind of look the same. Some are prettier than others, but like this cat was fucking ugly. Yo, if there's, you're getting- a lot of, there's a lot of like ugly, like Instagram, Twitter cats, like not i mean grumpy cat was the first real popular one but there's also little scrumpy like there's some real ugly ones <laughs> little scrumpy i don't know you got you're missing out on the cats of instagram no uh if cat has if a cat has fucked up teeth it can get real ugly tom you ever see an ugly cat um sometimes those harrows ones freak me out a little bit oh yeah for being full transparent um yeah man yeah, like, like pat said like they're pretty like I'm not a cat person. I'm more, way more of a dog person. But I feel like most cats are kind of like if you put four of the same color cat in front of me, I could tell them. Yeah, for sure. For sure. that that's how I am. So this like shocked me where I saw a cat because it wasn't like one of those long face cats that look like the ones that people say look like Adam Driver and uh, that, that's like. Uh, yeah, like I'm not like it, this. Just shocked me. I, I'm just trying to share with you guys, and you seem to be dismissive of a thing I'm going through right now. Uh, <laughs> you saw it, it, really it, it, we're with you through this really desperate time. Patrick. 
like, <laughs> freaked me out. Like a congenitally ugly cat, or like, or like. Well, he looked a cat. You know what, Tom? You raise an excellent question. Uh, so, someone that is uh, ugly but had a hard life, uh, they can be uglier than even they're supposed to be. You know, I mean, someone who like might just be like, uh, kind of like, oh, they they weren't blessed, can end up unfortunate through hard living, and that's how I feel like this cat was. This cat uh, started unattractive and died ugly. Right. <laughs> The ugly tree hit every branch on the way down. Right. Yeah. I mean, oh, well, Bob, Bob, you just sent a cat that is an actual monstrosity. I don't. Welcome, uh, dude. You didn't. Yeah, like that's a bad cat, man. So, I, so Bob just hit a group chat with not just the ugliest cat I've ever seen, the ugliest animal. That's not like a. Is that real or is that Photoshop? These are not real. That's got to be real. I'm saying Photoshop. Let's see. Let me try to find where I found it. Real. It's real. I think it's real. I just sent it to you, Eric. Yeah, I see. I'm looking at him. Yeah, it looks real to me. Well, you, this is the, this is the adults were the terrified episode. to look at the kitty. Let's see this until a seven-year-old girl saved her. Oh, this cat! This cat did go through some horrific shit, though. So, like a fire. Or something. If cats, well, it has facial deformities. People were just too frightened to even look at the cat's facial deformities, as it was too ugly. Until because it cat was found abandoned, garbage can, starved, malnourished. So this goes to our don't adopt animals unless you plan on taking care of them, people. Yeah, for sure. I'll send you the before after comparison. And certainly don't carve their faces off like this cat has uh, been through. <laughs> this cat looks like it like a it's like, the teeth. like the uh, teeth are fucked. Uh, no, yeah, but uh, uh Carol Baskin who, killed her. Who's the guy in 7? Who, who who's the uh the uh, the Morgan he, Freeman. I was going to say old, Morgan Freeman. I was going to say older black guy, but he's been the same age for my entire life, which is pretty weird. But uh, it seems like this, like Morgan Freeman, would be like trying to put an end to whoever, to whatever uh, brutalized this cat. This cat's been through some serial killer shit. <laughs> Sorry, it's the old cat. So yeah, ugly cat. Which, by the way, did, did you guys know there's like after seven, Morgan Freeman was like the Liam Neeson of those type of movies. He did like nine sort of like thrillers where he's trying to catch a serial killer. Lots of, lots of trench coats. Yeah. Lots of trench coats, but well, yeah, what, all right. kill, the, kill the girls or kiss the girls, or kiss, kiss, kiss the girls. Uh, I, I, I don't know. It, basically the house that I'm staying at, uh, the, uh, I, his iTunes are up, his iMovies are up and he owns every single one of them. Like every single Morgan Freeman stalking a serial killer, uh, movie that could exist, he, he has. So I might watch him all this week. Oh, uh, you know what? The reconstructive surgery on that cat, pretty efficient. Yeah, pretty good. Looks good. Looks like a Hitler mustache now, though. Yeah. There's some irony in that. Hey, you, uh, thanks so much for reconstructing my cat's face, but you made him look like Hitler. <laughs> yeah, like what would you rather have? the ugliest cat in the world or your cat that looks very much like Hitler. Oh, actually let me put it out to you guys. Uh, you guys are, uh, God forbid you're in an accident of some type, your face is destroyed in some way. And, uh, the surgeon comes to you and says, I can rebuild you. You're like the $6 million man. I can, I can make you better than you were before, like RoboCop. Uh, and you say, yes, yes, please. I, I, I want to be attractive to women again. I want a normal life. And he says, but I can only give you Hitler's face. This is a monkey's paw. Do you take it or no? 
No, nah, Hitler's face is rough, man. Not a, I know but you could wear your you could wear your hair different. You could do anything. But are you saying you think you there's a world where Hitler could be sort of attractive? No, I'm just saying it's better than being having your face cut off or burned or something. I don't know. I don't know if that's the case. <laughs> so here's the question: If you slick, let's give Hitler like slicked back oh, hair, kind of like nice shaved. What is happening? Do something with those eyebrows. Do you think he could pull? No. Yes, yes. Oh, at a at a towny at a towny bar? At a towny bar he could do fine a just as he is. bar in Munich, he can pull. For sure. I mean, does Hitler towny- have the same, does Hitler have the same effect that OJ has, right? Where uh, you know, team OJ, OJ walks to a, a bar in Las Vegas and every girl wants to hang on his shoulder. Does Hitler have that same effect? Uh, no. Yo, there's still there's still strippers writing Richard Ramirez love letters. Still, All right, I'm, right. Looking at, I'm looking at I'm looking at Hitler right now. You definitely got to be careful with the hair. <laughs> He's got weird okay, facial skin, though. Right. You know what I mean? He does have good cheekbones, but the skin is kind of rough. It does, yeah. Uh, so wait, let, let, let me give you a different scenario first. Yeah. yeah, this. Oh, hold on, I'm gonna hit you with this. different scenario. Okay, so Tom, you said that you might prefer to live the difficult life of having like a fucked up face rather than having Hitler's. Right, sympathy love rather than Hitler love. Okay, now let me give you a different scenario, okay? The surgeon says to you, I can rebuild you, I can make you whole again. Uh, But I'm uh, at this time, I'm only able to give you O.J. Simpson's face. (laughs) Uh, Do you take it or no? Um, Yeah, because I mean, he's a good looking dude. Yeah, okay. Handsome. Okay. Easy, easy pack, man. Come on. So, but do you don't think that you're going to get some heat for the fact that you have a black face, but no sort of your body is not black? You got what well, you think that you're going to just get like a people are going to be all right with this? You never heard of Alicia, That's true. man? That's true. Oh, okay. I, all right. Uh, you, never, you never heard of Ted Danson? No. <laughs> <laughs> All right, fuck it. OJ face, OJ faces for all then. Uh, all right, look, we can get back to whatever we got to get back to. I just what, was what shocked at the uh, Eric. Give us some hardcore rapid fire records you want us to talk about. Oh, okay. Uh, give me one second then. Give me an hour. Let's see. Hardcore <laughs> rapid fire. <laughs> we got the righteous jams uh, deep dive. Yeah, we Ready. did the righteous jams deep dive. Okay. Um, let's see here. Let's see. Uh, do you remember the band More to Pride? Yes. <laughs> it's, no, it's, no, no, no! I, I will give more. I was trying to hear it from the other dudes. Is that wait, wait, hold on? Is that the one the uh, the Florida band? Is that the Florida band? No, California, California band. Oh no, I don't, I don't, I, I do not remember. Uh, uh, pretty they good. Have, they have a great lyric that goes: uh, "Shut the fuck up, you fucking pussy! You're only tough when your homies are around." Yeah, uh, I mean that's, that's a lot of people, so I'm with it. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, the, the lyrical content of that time was very different. Uh, a friend's band who uh, are very dear friends opened their record with no one's laughing. Everyone shut up. Suck my fucking dick, bitch. You've got nothing on us. And then that's the lyrics for the first song. That's it. That's Star Brother? It's Get Real. <laughs> <laughs> Same thing, is, it, is it possible to maybe borrow that? You, you think that they would mind or? Throw quotes around and it's yours. It's a little homage. Yeah, throw quotes around and it's yours. 
um, if you want another, it, we were talking about how the internet is in 2020, in mm-hmm. March. If everybody really wants to laugh, um, the get real set from no from the no warning show when Brett missteps and take out takes out an amp is one of the greatest things on the internet ever. Yeah, that was really fun live too. Actually, it was pretty good. Mortify was a good live band who locally did really really well and had a big group of friends and. Uh, had that get energy real? at the time. A big, big support kind of thing. Who, more to pride or get real? I mean both, but more to pride in yeah. California. Oh, okay. Yeah. Get real. What else you got, Eric? The first time I saw Get Real, uh, I believe it was two th- it was it was Floor Punch's quote unquote last show. I want to say it was to the late two thousand nine. Sure. Yep. Yep. Um, and and Get Real did an entire Chromag set. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that was a great time. Whoa, I love that sort of shit. I think that's fun. And it was yeah. just like, hey, show up. We're just gonna play, uh, you know, like Age of Quarrel, not play our songs, really. Yeah. And and this was a time when when the the Chromags were still, I believe, broken up. I don't think John Joseph had reformed the band without Harley yet. So it was kind of extra special in that way because people hadn't seen Chromags a million times. Yeah, that was a fun, fun show. That was a really cool one. Yeah, that was so. Um, all right, let's see what else we got. What else we got? Um, rapid fire. Oh, uh, this one. This one kind of hits a little close to home. Uh, product of waste. You guys ever talk about them? We haven't. Right? No. It is now twenty twenty four, and the choice is up to you. Do you listen to good podcasts or do you listen to bad ones? Well, we've got a suggestion for you. How about you listen to a good podcast for the first time in your miserable life? I can think of one. Overnight Drive. Going strong. 11 years now. The podcast about nothing. Your favorite podcasts favorite podcast do you enjoy nothing (laughs) so do we why don't you come over and check it out and stop listening to other podcasts thank you Yeah, so uh, Tom is like uh, Tom is a low key advocate, and he's he's hinted at this in the past. Uh, this was completely not completely off my radar, but it 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 didn't it wasn't like a thing for me. And uh, after the kid passed on, is that right? Correct, Terry. So so the kid passed on, uh, yeah, and and uh, since then people p- people have really like they've hammered it home to me that the band was very meaningful to them, very relevant to them. Uh, I, 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 you know, I don't like to joke too much when it's a young kid that dies. So I'm not going to, I'm not going to yeah. talk on this, uh, cause I just don't know. Uh, so I'm going to let Tom take it away. Um, yeah, I think they were like one of those bands, like it, they were very early on in their kind of run. And I think they were really important to a lot of kids in that. I think they were like late 2000, you know, eight, nine, 10, somewhere around there. Sounds right. right. Um, I think uh, Terry the singer who had passed is like was like super charismatic. Um, he was also like a great rapper, and I think um, this was like they were just like it was like the tip of the iceberg of 
um, but like they were kind of just starting to really put it all together when um, when everything kind of went down. Um, but I, I, you should you should check out one of their at least one of their records is on Spotify. I think you'd like it. You won't take me alive mm-hmm. is the LP, which I think is the one that really hit. They had a seven inch that was kind of like. They were. They had a seven inch where the song, the lyrical content was like about like skating and like drinking and stuff. It was kind of more like kind of what you'd expect from like, I don't know. I guess like street punk music. But then their LP was really very political, like fuck cops, fuck the government, and it was a great. I mean, it's it's weird. It's an interesting transition. The music itself got a lot better, and the lyrical content got a lot more compelling, at least to me. Um, and yeah, I saw them a bunch of times, had the, had the, uh, opportunity to speak with Terry a bit, definitely a weird guy. Um, definitely very charismatic and it definitely, you know, it definitely broke my heart when I heard he passed on. Yeah, total, mm. not, not on my radar at all, but, uh, I do know there's a lot of people who really love this band. Okay. Uh, can- Hold on. Uh, before we before we go into your last one, uh, or maybe not last one, I'm just looking at the time, but uh, the uh, I just got a notice. Do you guys get YouTube notices on your computer? Like they just show up, they, like they pop up like uh, like they would on your phone. Do, do you guys do that or no? Not on my computer, <laughs> just on my phone. No. Okay, so uh, it just uh, uh, the, the kind of uh, homophobic rap analysis guy that I watch uh, – I just got the the blasting alert that Childish Gambino flops uh, on his new record. Um, How fun would this be if this was what we got for our type of music? You know what I mean? Where it was just like uh, bad news. The mill spec record uh, didn't didn't go super big. You know what I mean? Like because what? Like it's funny when we talk about flops. Like what? Like in our world, what is like a flop? (laughs) <laughs> like, no, it's mean, like so, so oh. you, you're you're funny you're right though because it's one step removed where you start to get this kind of conversation uh for example because i saw this literally right before you said that that's funny i, I came across something that said code orange late, latest release underneath gives the band their highest sales debut yet and it's on metal injection great news for code orange things are clicking really clicking for the pittsburgh spelled wrong juggernaut Sales figures have come back for their first week and it's their best first week sales to date. At underneath sold 5,000 copies to date. Their 2017 and 2014 releases, Forever and I Am King, each sold about 3,200 first week. So this is this like, and then it gives the rankings. Is like 5,000 records in this world or, you know, hardcore or metal, that's pretty, pretty big. But I don't big. think there's anywhere else where anyone's like, whoa, you know? No, uh, in rap, uh, people were getting, I forget who it was, was getting, some dude was getting fucking clowned to death for only doing 12 first week. And it's like, like, you know, world of difference here. (laughs) Like when you, when you're getting congratulated for, uh, congratulated for five and killed for 12, uh, those are, uh, uh, there's different standards in play here. I will also uh, say, think about how many good records would get dismissed by some kind of bad number like that because in hardcore and punk world, more than almost anywhere else, a good record can come out and be like sneaky, even oh yeah, in today's music climate where you can just hear everything, it can take a while to hit all the ears that need to hear it. So uh, it would be um, 
unfortunate damnation for that kind of thing. I'm not. I'm not getting dark. I'm I'm on the fifteenth floor. I for those of you listening that uh, might be here on purely on the crossover and don't know how I talk on this podcast, just bear with me. I'm not thinking about killing myself at all. Uh, but these these windows that they've got up here on these uh, like high floors, there's no chance that if I threw myself against the window that it would give in, right? Pretty close, yeah. <laughs> Uh, I don't know, man. Yeah, I don't know about that, man. <laughs> Thank you, Eric. Because, like, I, th- <laughs> cause I, I think it'll take any, like, I couldn't, if I hit it with a chair, would not, I'm confident it would not break. What's your weight at? Where are your gains? Where are your gains right now? <laughs> I lost three pounds. Are you oh, above no. or I'm below uh, the Mendoza line? 150. I'm currently below. You're barely, fine. but You're I'm bouncing off I'm that glass. Below. Bouncing off that glass. All right, so let me say this. If our Patreon hits our uh, uh, the next goal, I'll throw myself against this window as hard as I can. <laughs> yeah, that yeah. Only yeah. Works if you're filming. Goal, we see, we, pics or it didn't happen. Oh, I mean, I'll video it for sure. I'm also, I might video myself. I, I think, you know how everybody's losing it and starting to get real weird in their fucking room? Um, I've got, and starting to film weird shit. I was thinking about making a little mini movie because I've got this that Korean police jacket like that that I got uh, at the thrift store, and I was thinking about doing a whole bit where I'm a Korean police officer. Uh, and uh, it, 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 tell horrible. me, do you do you think it'll go over big, Tom? Please. Yeah, I mean, you won't get you won't get Billy Eilish at all. Yo, here's the deal. <laughs> can you can you do two versions? One straight, two with accent. Oh no. Well, okay, but here but no, but here's here's the Which thing. Which will get right? more views. Here, here's the thing. There's clearly Koreans on the New York City police force, right? And there's no reason on earth that I couldn't be an American working in the like or an American born or or just a Westerner, like a white guy, uh working in the Korean police force, right? Sounds so maybe like a I could really do a good uh rom com movie. Oh, I was going to say a uh, Marky Mark movie, um, but could it, be that uh, Ted three. Like, like, what's that? Tell yeah. <laughs> so, the, but there's no reason that I, because like, anyway, I, I I might get ambitious and and put myself to this task uh, sometime later this week, where I do just like a mini movie, solve a murder as <laughs> part of the Korean police force, simply because I have this, I have multiple Korean jackets. This is your quarantine. This is your King Lear that you write in quarantine. Right. <laughs> You're absolutely right. Uh, Bob, remember how I keep telling you that I get these uh, texts addressed to Robert? Yes. I just got another. I just yes, got another. I uh, Robert, produ- produce testosterone naturally. Improve energy, sex drive, strength. Claim your free bottle today. I wish I could claim for this prank. I wish I could claim for this prank. It's a good one. Do you it have any siblings? Uh, no, I got nobody. I don't think I have a single Robert in my family. Uh, I think everybody's name is Frank. Shout out, Franks. All right, uh, Eric, you got anything else? You want to close this on a hardcore note or what? Um. Yeah. I mean, we can. Do you want? So, do you want to close it on another deep dive, or do you want to close it on another? Yeah, that was a thing, I guess. 
<laughs> give me give me your best was that was that a thing give me your best was that a thing well i mean this one's a little more obvious i mean th- but and i guess it is still kind of a thing but maybe the maybe the 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 novelty of this is that i think it had more crossover than people want to admit but uh how about the bands how about a little dive on the band no fx oh um okay uh definitely 100% 100% a thing for uh people of every age until maybe recently um if you were a teenager of, you probably felt no effects yes uh i never did this was yeah, i don't want to say they were completely off my radar but not not important to me at all but i have friends that still check out their music new music Wow. Yeah, I I'm one of those people that like I mean I so again these are going back going back to my teenage years and I think Bob is right it's it's definitely a band for teen punks 100 percent but even I'm I fell out of them hard obviously as I got older and even I'm still a little bit compelled when I hear that they put out something new I'm like well I'll take a shot I guess and it always it always just sounds like no effects it can't sound like anything else. Uh, w- when Fat Mike poured people piss uh, at one of their shows, it was the first time that I was fully in. Uh, yeah. Before that, I I didn't have any strong feeling, but then I was like, you know what? He committed to the bit, uh, and I, I'm impressed. People that know him, uh, like I have, I guess, mutual associates with him, and uh, they tell me he's uh, quite a, a disturbing uh, sociopath, um, but. Uh, I, uh, I don't know. I, I'm, uh, I, I, I would, I would Go ahead. say it again. Am I here? Oh, Tom. Oh, you're can here. You hear you. Can you hear us? Yeah, I can hear you, but I, I was talking before no one responded. Oh, oh I was like, sorry. Oh, no. hear yeah, that's weird. Am I, can you still hear me? Yeah, we can yeah. hear you much better now. Can okay. hear you. Tom, do you, okay. ha- do you have any official opinion on no effects? Um, I think they're trash. Um, I think Punk and Drublick is actually a great record, but they've done nothing before or since that was worth anything. Mm. Mm. Um, and I think Fat Mike is like the dude that's like, I, I get it, you're punk. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. Like, I get it, dude. All right. Uh-huh, so, yes. I'm not under oath song. Yeah, okay. Like, I feel like he's like, it's so fucking corny. And I'm sure that's the way he believes. But he is like every dude in the crowd at Punk Rock Ball. I was thinking the exact thing that you just said. Fuck. Uh, <laughs> so, like, surrounded by so, talented people. Like Al Hefe is a talented dude. He can sing. Hello. Tom, as a guy who practices law, uh, if I go to the NoFX show and he pours me a drink that I think, like on stage, that I think is is uh, a Shirley Temple, but it's right. urine. Yes. Uh, do I have a leg to stand on legally or is this all my fault for attending a no effect show? I mean, you get what you pay for. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I thought that There's was a limited, limited liability clause there. Right. Like you get smacked in the head with a, like a shit covered banana at a Gigi Allen show. You ain't so in Gigi Allen. Right. Yeah. That's a fact. So no, so, Eric, yeah. my no effects is uh punk and Drublick is good to great in my head how much of that is nostalgia probably a good amount but i like that and i didn't i don't really go in on any of the other no effects records around it i do also like the decline which is the 19 uh, yeah, track. Yeah. Um, 
everything else is is real rough on me. The uh, the George Bush no effects war, aka they made a lot of money and sold a lot of shirts, um, is pretty funny. Yeah, right. You remember that? It was just like yeah. printing printing cash, not my president shirts. <laughs> yeah, and I, you know, I remember. Hey, we're yeah, they were so pumped. It's like okay. We got <laughs> yeah, but they were. I got to be honest; they were quite um, not that I'm an insider anyway, but they were quite generous with Zikvidal. Yeah, like, oh, yeah. probably the mo- they're probably the most um, artist friendly label. Yeah, like I think they were no no exaggeration. Bands were getting five and six bucks a record. Yep. Wow, which is pretty. Yeah. Awesome. I've That's always crazy. heard Batrec is a very, very user-friendly, uh, artist-friendly label. Really cool to their band. So that's kind of cool to hear. Um, no effects. It's so weird because the, like, I really think if you were a teenager after 1990 up until some point and you were interested in punk music, there's like an 80% chance you checked out No Effects. You had to have, yeah. Right. And, um, yeah, I, I'm... Oh, man, All the Public is a good record. I've revisited it relatively recently, and it's—I don't know how they wrote that and then never did anything cool again. <laughs> True. Well, I think uh, I, my my understanding of, or my perspective on it is that Punk and Tropic was like that's you. You guys are right. That is the Noah Fats album, and I think everything else they did that orbits that record is just trying to like. It, it's just more fat, you know what I mean? Like Punk and Drublick was the most trimmed version of what No Effects is, and everything else just has too much fat on it. Yeah, it was either it was either leading up to it or on the on the backside from it, trying to recapture it. And they they nailed it with that record, and everything else is pretty bad. But but they okay. definitely they had second phase with that the war on errorism, you know, with their anti George Bush stuff, which is, you know, I guess I got into that when I was like thirteen. That was compelling to a thirteen year old at the time. And um, that should be yeah. a fucking no effects t shirt. No effects compelling to 13 year olds, yeah, basically. Fact, yeah. fact. Uh, you know okay, here's a, here's a general question to, to end things. Uh, do you guys have memes that and nobody to share them with? <laughs> That's so lonely. Wow, uh, that was the no, only no. thing to say. What I mean is. Do you have any interests that you can find a meme for and giggle and then go and then you want to share it with somebody and then you go, nobody I know is going to fucking enjoy that. Yeah, you you, you, you do. Right. I, I, Bob, I sensed I sensed you did. I sensed it. Yeah. <laughs> Give me one. I just saw one that was mad crude. And then I realized there's like nobody. What am I going to send that to? Like. Am I send that to a girl? Am I to send that to, send like, that to me? You know I won't judge you. You know what? I just saw one that uh, that I am going to share with you. I'm going to okay, share with good. you right now. You're right. I, I, I was I was cr- I was crazy not to share this with you. That's my fault. Let's let's do an axe to grind segment and old men trying to explain a meme. What, so, okay. Do you know that meme that's going around where it's it's uh, okay? This is where old white guys explain memes. Um, uh, it's it's a multi-segment meme where it's uh, uh, the the girl is texting and the guy is replying and it's just going, yeah. it's okay. You know, which one I'm referring to. Yes. It's um, it's great. And this one, yes. Cartoon stuff. And this one is just, Hey, big head. And, and, and it's, it's her, 
It's her writing, hey, big head to a guy. And his reply is, and there's no other replies. It's just two. Yeah. And his reply is, I already beat my meat. <laughs> and <then> it's just <laughs> like, oh, that's good. It's good. And I think, wow. that, but like, there's nobody to share that with. I, thank you, Eric. I'm glad I shared that with you. That's great. Uh, I love it. Yeah, I mean, but, uh, uh, I'm still looking for the uh, Bloom County fan club uh, so I can talk about Bob and Opus jokes with someone. Uh, I don't have that many. You know, so here's a weird one. I love my dad abandoned me jokes, but my dad <laughs> didn't abandon me. So I don't know who to share. I don't I, like I don't know if it's a, even appropriate for me to share it with people or I don't know. I, I You know, friend the of the room, Andrew is a uh, is a big meme maker, apparently. Uh, I did not know that. I didn't know that. That's really funny. We got to get him. We got to get him to share. I will say shout out to our dude, George, uh, listener uh, of both podcasts, I think, who I giggled for like a full four minutes with this combo that he put up the other day. You know who Farrah Abraham is? Yes, of course. Oh, all right. Teen Um, Mom. (laughs) Teen Mom. So there was an article. It must have been from a couple of years ago from like us or weekly or, P- or people or whatever. And it was Farah takes a break from her four year old child. I think it's and good it was, for her to live her uh, own life too. Being asked about, you know, you seem to be traveling. Yeah. <laughs> so she was saying she does her thing. I do mine. She's talking about her four year old, right? <laughs> she's like, she's like, yes, you know, yes. it gives us an opportunity. It gives opportunities for us to have our own vibes. And, but so that made me laugh my ass off. But then George's commentary where he said, my dad's still taking a break from me. I thought was just so fucking funny that like, <laughs> like I giggled for like four <laughs> minutes, but I have nobody to share that with because my dad didn't abandon me. So I don't know who to like turn on to that. Like, See, are fr- we, do I turn? Are we fucking up? Because maybe this is what like face obscure Facebook groups are for. Like, like I need to just go on Facebook and like make up a profile and get my Bloom County fan club joined. Like, there might be a dad abandonment meme group for you to join. Uh, you know, there, there's uh, so one of the members of Self Defense follows like all the Machine Smith memes, uh, and he's not a Machine Smith. He just loves how hyper specific they are. They're unreal specific. <laughs> like you couldn't, you, nobody besides a machine Smith would ever understand even what they're addressing, but there's dozens of memes uh, for that person. Incredible. Did we lose Eric and Tom? Oh, no, no, I'm here. I mean, no, you they, lost they, 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 yeah, they, <laughs> they didn't, like you guys they're, the to well didn't die. That we just couldn't go to. Yeah. Uh, all right. Yeah. Listen, uh, so, uh, Eric and I appreciate you fellas stopping by, uh, giving us a little core Thanks, talk. Uh, sorry, I derailed it with the cats. Uh, but I, uh, uh, I thank you again for stopping by and everybody, uh, you know what it is. Check out, uh, ax to grind. Uh, and thank you for your continued listening A worst possible timeline. You know where to hit both. I presume because, uh, you know what Twitter is and you know how Google works and you can figure it out. Um, and, uh, Eric, you got anything you want to close on? Or are you good? Um, I think I'm good. I, I I just want to add that I like to share um, Pepe memes with you because I think they're hilarious. But I can't I can't share them with anyone else. Okay, so Pepe memes are back. Pepe memes are, are back. The, the, yeah, Pepe memes are post. So they're so now they're post. They're post it's whatever that white offensive. power shit was. Post uh, post alt right. So so now Pepe memes are just weird like 
pop cultural ephemera now. They're, they're no longer alt right. We got pop. We got Pepe back. I think. I mean, sure. I'm <laughs> the right wing memes are my enjoyment of them. Of course, are in an ironic sort of way. In that, I but like their humor is usually just it's funnier than the left wing shit. Always funnier. It's just um, funny. All right. it, it's just what it is. Anyway, yeah. Thank you guys for stopping by. We appreciate you. We love you. Um, yes. Thank you. Guys. So, uh, so so hit Ted hit Ted Danson's Patreon. Yes. And uh, we'll speak to you all later. We'll speak to you guys soon. Thanks for checking out. (laughs) Well, hey, podcast listener. My name is Vince, and I'm the host of a show called The RR Show. It stands for Reddit Readings. We're going to sit down twice a week, and I'm going to bring you the most entertaining stories from all the best subreddits that exist online. Things like malicious compliance, petty revenge, hey, lady, I don't work here. Oh, there's so much more. Lots of great stories and things you won't believe. Like the one time uh, this dude was caught in a bathroom with his friend and he was slapping them because that was the only way that he could actually legitimately help them. A mall cop comes in with a taser. Oh, yeah, the rest is history. It's going to be fun. There is, uh, I don't know, I got like 20 seconds left, so I don't got much more time to tell you another story. But just join me on The RR Show. It's from Evergreen Podcast, produced in partnership with Wessler Media. So The RR Show. Wherever you get podcasts, subscribe today. And uh, it's like an adult story time. Let's hang out together. The RR Show. Subscribe today wherever you get your podcasts.